We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark or Kirk Your Enthusiasm, one of the two. I'm not sure what I'm going to call this one yet. I'm joined tonight by my buddy and co-editor at Mavs Moneyball, Doyle Raider. How are you, Doyle? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am all right. We haven't talked uh, officially, like on a show, in some time, and it's an off night. And some Mavericks, um, I guess we can classify trade rumor adjacent stuff as news happened today. And I just sort of wanted to talk about it. I wrote, um, I, I put together like a trade for the, for the site, you know, we have like these open threads where people can comment and I'd been kind of reluctant to put everything up because I just didn't really want to talk about trades. Um, I've something has clicked in my brain this specific year where it feels gross and weird. And I don't know why, because trade, you know, the transactions are sort of part of the NBA landscape at this point, but I think that I'm just so over the concept of what the Mavericks have attempted to do the last several years. that at this point, I almost just want to be surprised rather than lean into everything, you know? Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not one to really, you know, chase down trade rumors and stuff like that because, you know, at the end of the day, they're just rumors. People people hear a lot of things. People say a lot of things. So, you know, it's really about sorting out what is and isn't feasible, honestly, mm-hmm. from the Mavericks standpoint. And, you know, as we've seen, they don't really have <laughs> a lot of options out there. Now, anything could happen, obviously. We don't know, but, you know, just looking at it based on you know paper is just kind of yeah i mean yeah well it's 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 also it's also one of these these things for me where if you want to talk about guys that you think are available or could be good for hypothetical trades that's actually a different ball game than what i'm talking about i'm talking about the not the unsourced pieces of news. Like there was this really long thing in the Toronto star yesterday about Goran Dragic, And it said, it, it was like 500 words to say nothing. And yeah. it was, it was infuriatingly bad. 
And that's the sort of stuff that I really don't like. And it's, so it's like, if you're one of these folks who likes to put together like trade scenarios, that's not what I'm talking about. Cause that sort of stuff, like that's just, that's fun for a lot of people. I'm not good at it. That's why I don't really like, and neither is Josh. That's why we like never really dip into it. Yeah. It's the, no. it's the, the trade machine can be fun sometimes, but it's just like, you know, I, I so many of those things are like people trying to get a superstar and just match salaries with junk players. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I, I try to, I try to ignore a lot of that, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to talk about it. And it's, it's, you know, part of the game and it's, well, it, and it drives so much interest too, honestly. It, a ton of interest. And you know, our, it's funny. We've, I've really enjoyed the basketball lately because the Mavericks are a wildly different team over the last five games than they were over the previous 15 than they were compared to the previous 35. So like the Mavericks this year have not been, you know, Josh and I were very worried. We were worried that the Mavericks were going to be kind of a slog to cover. And they were when the season started because they were bad, but now they, they went from being bad to being really good at specific things, which made them interesting to write about. And then those specific things, mainly their defense has sort of fallen off a cliff. And now that we're this many games into the season, they're like one of the worst teams in the league in clutch time, which is like hilarious and weird and frightening. And so like, there's a lot of like actual basketball stuff to talk about, but because the trade deadline is in, I don't know, 15, 20 days or something. It's now the time that I think we at least have to acknowledge what the bigger names and the actual reporters out there are saying. And today I joined Mark Stein in his green room. You know, I was a, I was a guest on the on the stage, you know, because I run these green rooms, too. But he actually asked me to come hang out because uh, he wrote a very specific Dallas uh, newsletter for, for as part of his Substack, which everybody should subscribe to. And I wanted to kind of touch on the on the higher points of the thing that he said and see what you think about it. So the first kind of overarching point that he noted was he said the smart forecast with a week plus to go before the deadline, I guess the deadline's February 10th. What's wrong with me? So yeah, uh, with I was, 10 I was, was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, that's how much I, I am out of the loop on it, which, you know, I should be better for being the editor-in-chief of a website. He said, the smart forecast with a week plus to go before the deadline is that Brunson and Finney Smith will still be with the Mavericks after the deadline. So what what are your kind of, you know, what are your like thoughts, both as, as a person that covers this team and then as a person that likes, you know, that likes watching this team? Yeah, so I... You know, I've seen all the, you know, suggestions that those are like the two most valuable trade pieces they may have as as a team. But, you know, I've always kind of been out on the idea of moving them just because when you look at Brunson, he's established himself as a starter this season. And he's really the only person other than Luca who is decent at ball handling and distribution Mm -hmm. on the team. And I mean, even when, you know, Carlisle was still the coach, you know, for years, he said that. He wanted multiple ball handlers on the court and, you know, especially with Luca too. And so that's Brunson's become that other guy and he really kind of makes the team, you know, go in a way outside of just, you know, Luca. Cause you know, kid, you know, does stagger their minutes or at least tries to, you know, Brunson will play a point with the, the bench unit a lot of the time too. Um, and that's helpful because, you know, if they were to trade him, you know, what, where does that, you know, second ball handler, what's the, his level of production come from? Like, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they go out for like a, a center, I know a lot of people want John Collins or something like that, but it's just, I, I, I think it'd be an absolutely foolish move 
uh, to trade him, I mean, he's going to get paid, and Mavericks might as well be the one team that pays him in this offseason. Mm-hmm. And as for Dorian, um, like, I've probably written more words online about Dorian Finney-Smith than anyone. <laughs> yes, you really have over the past five years. That's yeah. true. I, 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 will, I will cape for him because I really like the way he plays. I mean, he just does a lot of unsung stuff. Uh, I mean, he's, he's not getting any younger. I think he's about 28 or 29 now. Uh, you know, th- they like to say this is a young team. I mean, maybe a couple of the players are young, but the whole roster is not so much. Um, but I just like what he does. He offers the Mavericks like a bunch of versati- uh, versatility on both sides of the ball. Uh, he could make some better decisions when he tries to take, you know, his shot off the dribble or something on offense. I know he's looking to create and slash more but he still has some work to do there. But, you know, you're not going to really go out there and find someone who shoots the three well. I know he's, you know, he, he's an up-and-down shooter, obviously, but that's just, you know, what you get. Right. But and but he also defends, you know, one through five. Like, we've seen him matched up against centers and actually hold his own despite, you know, every, <laughs> the size disadvantage and weight disadvantage. I remember specifically he would uh, guard – you know, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, whenever they play uh, the Timberwolves and they would go small just to try and f- fluster him. Now, Towns is, you know, quite good, but to have a, a wing that is willing to step up to that challenge is is something not a lot of teams have. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, the closer we get to the deadline, and like we've really been talking about this for over a year, but I've just sort of, I don't want to say I've tuned it out, but it's almost like it's homework that I put off into the last minute. And there's elements of, you know, Dorian's going to be a free agent. Brunson's going to be a free agent. And I don't think the Mavericks, just due to the way they structured his initial contract, like I should know this because um, Scott, also known as Mav CBA, uh, wrote all about this. But I don't think the Mavericks can offer more than another team. Like they don't have that, that extra carrot. Like the Mavericks are going to have to pony up and then pay him up to a certain amount. And it's really a question of how much can he squeeze the Mavericks for? Because for both Brunson and for Dorian, the Mavericks are going to have to go deep into the tax to keep them. Now, I have been a long proponent of of saying we shouldn't care what this costs Mark Cuban. I still am holding to that. Um, Tim McMahon, who I I wasn't going to get to later, but I think we should talk about now, said on the low post today that, you know, he... In his opinion, if the Mavericks were resigned both these guys to to contracts, that both of them would still have trade value. Now you're obviously talking about a different kind of trade value because Brunson makes like 1.5 or 1.8 million. I can't remember. Dorian makes not very much money either, and both of them are probably commanding north of 15 million dollars a season. Brunson, I know for sure, wants 20 million, and so it's once you're that high over, like is is a six foot one scoring guard. Um, really going to be who who is not a volume three point shooter? Is he does he have that much trade value? I'm not sure, but I, I the the real challenge is can the Mavericks afford to find out? And that's where both of these guys have the Mavericks a little bit over a barrel, and that is kind of what I've been frustrated about going back years. Where you know I, I wrote this today, the Mavericks did the hard part in getting Luka Doncic. They they lucked into Luka. And then, you know, Josh and I have repeatedly said, and we've been really heavily criticized for this, that they've made every move that they've made since was either bad or didn't work. And so, you know, sometimes you're just unlucky. But Porzingis has not lived up to his billing. And then every other move that they've made has been middling at best. So it's just kind of wild to me that we're going into the 2022 season 
you know, the, the Chris Tesperzingis trade was essentially three years ago today. Like it was either the, the 30th or the 31st. I can't remember. The, the seven of the Mavericks top eight rotation players are all the same players. You know, you have um, Luca, Chris Tapps, Hardaway, Brunson, Powell, Maxi, Dorian Finney-Smith. All of those guys were on the team three years ago in a league that has so much in terms of, of transactions and in terms of team variability, the Mavericks have kept the same team and it's just, it's odd. I don't want to necessarily say it's bad because they, they faced up against the Clippers twice and that just stinks, but it's odd. And, and it's just, it's, it's wild to me that we're going to be looking, you know, 10 days down the road that they might have, they might really go into a third straight playoffs with the same set of guys. I just, I don't really know how to process that. I'm not mad. Like normally I, I'm, I'm pissy around trade deadline, but I'm just kind of like, cause they've been playing better and they look better and, and they're interesting. And so it's, it's, you know, maybe they could win a first round series cause the West is kind of, of, of a slaughterhouse right now. Yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't have minded if they had kept one of those uh, players that was on the team a few years ago in, in Seth Curry. I mean, there, there would have been some value there, but uh, I understand why they do their moves. They just really, oh, man, they just really kind of missed. They've whiffed really bad. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, you know, kind of, it's unfortunate that the team still just doesn't really value the draft. Like, they, they did mm-hmm. well when they got um, obviously Luca on a draft night trade and drafting Brunson because he fell so far, which is just insane seeing as what he's doing. But, you know, I was, I was thinking about it a little bit today, but you know, you see these other teams like Atlanta, you know, and Miami who, who have built well through the draft and then the Mavericks really, I mean, other than, Jay Crowder, who they traded away years and years ago, they really haven't drafted well until the getting Luca since Josh Howard. So yeah. Yeah. it's 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 just it's just kind of mind blowing, honestly. But you know, to your point about like the continuity of the team, yeah, I don't really have a, a huge problem with it. It's just it is what it is. Like they these guys are the same. Like I, they are playing different this year, obviously, in the fact that they actually care about playing defense. Um, but the offense just kind of went away, which is weird. I mean, it's a lot of it's like they're they're spacing differently than they they were under Carlisle, obviously. But it's just <laughs> to see them miss so many shots, like it, it's just kind of wild. And the Orlando the Orlando game last night was, uh, you know, just another one of those like, well, okay, we've seen this team. This is unfortunate, but I guess you just go cold sometimes. But yeah, like. I would like to see them do something, even if it's around the edges. I thought uh, bringing on Marquise Chris was kind of one of those moves, and I I tend to like it. I would like to see him get a bit more run out there because he did prove himself well on his on his ten days, and he just kind of kind of been a little bit of an afterthought since since then. He got some run um, Saturday night. I was against the Pacers. I was at that game, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just there's there's end of bench situations that I think that they could make something out of that like would bring back some value rather than just having Trey Burke sit there and only playing garbage time. Sure. Well, you know the, the it's it's just it makes me a little uncomfortable the more I hear about it, mainly just because. And I said this to Mark Stein today. The Mavericks are exuding confidence that they're going to be able to re-sign Brunson, for example. 
And the Mavericks have portrayed, you know, put forth an air of confidence for years in free agency. And I, it has yet to work. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's a little frustrating to me because it just, it, it relies a lot on faith. You know, Tim McMahon said that, that he is under the impression that Jalen Brunson really likes it in Dallas, likes his role, which is to say he likes starting and he wants to get paid. Um, the Mavericks have some, I don't want to say luck, but the, this is not a great, like the teams that have money in free agency are not particularly good. The Knicks would have to craft out some cap space, which they surely could do because it's not, you know, it's not impossible, but it's just, it, it like all the tea leaves sign, like point to the fact that the Mavericks have an upper hand in retaining Brunson, but I've, I've, I've just, I've been a part of this story before. We've all heard, oh, the Mavericks are on the inside track to sign, uh, who was it? It was Kemba Walker. That was a done deal until it wasn't. And I, I just, I'm not ready for that because, you know, we have been so critical of this front office's moves and it's not because we want them to fail. We want them to win. And if, you know, if they were to lose either Brunson or Dorian to free agency, that would be kind of catastrophic to me. What do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. They, at this point with the way the team is constructed and like, since they don't have really any money, they kind of need to retain both of them unless they really can, you know, get a, another ball handler score out, out, out of any kind of trade. But I mean, you know, all they got to do is just make another comic book video and pitch it to Brunson and he should stick around. You know, those are so <sighs> successful. <sighs> they still use the same company to do those it's it's wild it's been like 10 years and they still do the same things but um yeah you know uh stein also noted in in his newsletter that if the mavericks were to do something they're really looking for something on the offensive end and who isn't you know that was kind of my takeaway there he he also noted that they're not interested in absorbing uh dennis schroeder uh, from Boston with their trade exception. They're still looking into people who they could absorb, but it's, it's, it's not a big pool of players. You know, it's got to fit under the 10.9 million and it's likely somebody that a team wants to get off of or wants to get rid of, um, or like like that player would like a new, new opportunity. So like those two things were really kind of frustrating to me because it's, it's, they created this exception and they were trying to move on from Richardson. So it sort of is what it is. I'm not really, it's just it, it's like trade exceptions get touted as these big opportunities and they're just not like it, it, they're hard to use correctly. Right. And I, if I remember correctly, they didn't even use all of the one they got with uh, Harrison Barnes. They, they used some of it, but not, they left millions like sitting on the table if I remember correctly. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if they will do anything, you know, we don't really have, a gauge on who Nico Harrison is mm-hmm. as a GM at this point. Like we kind of knew who Donnie was. We know who Mark is, you know, I think a lot of the the confidence and bravado that this team, you know, exudes comes directly from him and just his, his persona. But, you know, <laughs> it, it certainly doesn't come from, uh, you know, winning playoff series or anything. That's like right. That. That's right. Well, then the last bit of news that was at least worth mentioning is he talks about how the Mavericks uh, are still kind of on the inside track for Goran Dragic, but that he's going to have suitors if he makes it to market. The Raptors have been basically barking up a lot of trees, talking about how they have a lot of options to trade him, which is a big old, let me, 
that comes from the Mark Cuban school of bullshit. Um, I, he's got, he's, he's got a $20 million contract. Who are you trading him for? It's like, unless the, unless the Sixers are really willing to go in, I just, I just don't see it being a thing. And, and, you know, Goron, people are very kind of there. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of, of kind of, um, people are concerned about what he has left. I mean, he's an older player. I personally am not particularly interested in him for his play. Play would be a bonus. I've said all year, the Mavericks need that player that that veteran player like they have a coaching staff i you know still not kid guy don't know if i'm ever going to be a kid guy but i like their coaching staff um they they seem to really work with the players in games and get things going and there's like still a lot of of you can tell guys are still listening to the staff which is a great thing i think goron would be a bridge between the two because one of the things that i saw was really funny the last game he played with toronto he was basically giving the players an earful like acting like a coach on a bench standing in front of him then he just didn't come back and play i think the members need that guy because it's not luca might not be luca for several years it's certainly not kp and the closest thing is dorian who i think all these guys like but it's just like like he's not the undrafted veteran is not a thing uh, i just think these guys need that guy and then if he can give you over the last 30 games, 25 games, whatever it is, if he can play for 10 and give you 10 minutes a game and take off some of the pressure from these other ball handlers, I think that's a big win. Yeah, I mean, I understand the the point of just him kind of being the locker room voice because they, you know, they lost that when they didn't re-sign JJ Barea and I know that you know, Beret didn't have a lot left in the tank. And my thing with Goron, because I've never really been a huge proponent of bringing him to Dallas, is just his contract. Mm. And, and uh, he's also like as old as us. <laughs> the buyout guy, though. Like that's yeah. basically what Stein's talking about. Is if he goes in the buyout market. Right, right. I understand that. And then I, I, you know, if if they can get out from under that contract and get him in as a locker room, you know, coach on the on the bench, essentially. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that because I, I do really don't know what he has left. I mean, he's making a cool 20 million chilling in Miami. Like that's a pretty good life. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it's weird. You, you mentioned like just the, his role on the bench. Cause what I've noticed and like, obviously completely different tiers of players here, but you know, Theo Pinson's kind of like that, the, the Mavericks two way guy, he is, off the bench, barking at guys, like cheering them on. Like you just don't really see that from anyone else uh, on this roster. I mean, they all, they all get up and jump when, when, you know, a teammate hits a three, like they have, they all have crazy celebrations now on the sidelines for that. But it's just, it's just been interesting to see, like, and I think kid and some of the other players have talked about just how vocal Pinson is. And that's one of the reasons the team signed him to a, uh, to the to the two way, and so I think if Goron can move in, especially with his previous relationship with Doncic, uh, that's that's a that's a bonus. But like I said, they, they it'd have to be buyout because man, I th- that would be catastrophic to try and get his twenty million dollars on the, onto this current roster. In my sure. opinion, at least, yeah. Sure. Well, dude, I took more of your time than I intended. Um, that's thank fine. you for for hanging out. Is there? Are, you know, since you've not been on the pod in a while, do you have any any other Mav centric thoughts you'd like to the people to hear? Because I know you've not been able to cover as many games in person as recent years, though. Yeah, might that change down the stretch here? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I've been just you know, I've been in and out of uh, various jobs that <laughs> kept me away from uh, going to games. But I'm going to definitely try and make more uh, of the ones on the weekends at least. Uh, 
that's that's why I went Saturday because I just hadn't been in a while. I hadn't been since the Dirk jersey retirement, which was very cool and uh, really awesome moment just for the fans and entire franchise. I have to say, yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing you back at games and asking questions and doing that sort of stuff. Well, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson and Doyle Raider of Mavs Moneyball. Please like and subscribe. As I mentioned last night, you guys just gave us the biggest month we've ever had for podcast downloads and listens. And, uh, you know, this sort of stuff only happens because of word of mouth and that sort of stuff. Um, also remember to download the Spotify green room app and consider joining us every day. We get a couple more people. And, you know, one thing about fandom that I, I keep reiterating is that even in a city, you know, where you're surrounded by Maz fans, you're maybe not surrounded by Maz fans who like are, or, or are in on the team like you are. And, you know, it's much better to come hang out and talk with people than it is to read Facebook and to get on Reddit and get angry. Like, like talking in this app has been really fun, and, and I, I just can't recommend it enough. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Doyle, and we will talk to you guys maybe tomorrow night, but maybe not until Wednesday. Who knows? The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com